welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with a turkey day no-brainer. New customers can bet just $1, that's $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game, and you win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. Doesn't get any no more no-brainer than that, Dustin. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code KSN. That's code KSN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. In partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino, see DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It is the Keystone Kickoff Show, quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. We're talking Penn State over Rutgers 28-0 from last Saturday. A lot to talk about, Dustin. Before we get off the offensive side of the ball, uh, we mentioned some of the youngsters, Christian Vayu, Landon Tangwall, two true freshmen. We also had Malik Mega show up, and I get it. it w- he was wide open. It was blown coverage. It was great to see him score, and what I really appreciated was after the play, you got a picture on the sideline of James Franklin, Mega hugging. I'm not sure I've ever seen a better smile than what you saw on Mega, and knowing a little bit the background that he's been hurt, they you know that they've been talking him up, that was just a great moment for the two of them. Yeah, I think his football career has been a journey. It, it certainly seems like his life has been a journey, too. And that was one of those real moments in his life, uh, moving into the future and really running into a pretty vast amount of potential that he seems to have. And that's why the coaching staff's been talking him up. You heard Jahan Dotson, I believe, after the game, talking him up. And, and for a couple weeks now, uh, mentioning that he's back to full health, where he was dealing with some injury stuff early in the year. Uh, but the the size speed combo, I mean, he is he is an interesting interesting player without a doubt, and I think the coaching staff's confidence in him runs beyond physically what you can see, and the fact that you know he ran a four four in the forty as as a high school senior, you know he is six four, he's two hundred pounds. I mean, there's a lot of ways that his frame and his speed can go where he is a real factor. So there's a lot of reason to be excited um, about Malik Mega, but the coaching staff being so confident in him clearly seems to suggest that he's doing the right type of work and he's showing up at practice and he's making plays behind the scenes. They seemed to have, they, they had pretty good reason to believe that his, his performance behind the scenes would translate onto the field. And to your point, yes, it was a blown coverage and yes, that, you know, salty or sweet Jim could have run from 67 yards into the end zone on that one. But you know what? It was a kid that it was just one of those feel good moments because you're, you're looking at a true freshman quarterback dropping back with a true freshman tackle, throwing it to a talented redshirt freshman wide receiver, none of whom were remotely factors at the beginning of the season. And yeah, there's some reason to take some encouragement away from all these young guys. I'll be the first to get excited when young guys are doing exciting things. And all three of these guys, you know, I, I think there's good reason to be bullish uh, about all of them. 
and we'll have plenty of time to talk about this during the off season. But one of the things that you heard so often is, oh my goodness, what are they going to do without Jahan Dotson next year? Well, there's another guy. I know he's listed as a sophomore, but Parker Washington actually freshman eligibility because of the COVID year. That's a pretty good guy to start a wide receiver with. Uh, Keandre, uh, they've got Malik Mega coming in. What I like about him is he's different than the other receivers. As you mentioned, that 6'4", he will be a nice complement to the others. And the other guy that I wanted to mention who hasn't gotten a lot of play, you got the third-team tight end making circus catches. That is also encouraging. You know, I think Tyler Warren, the, the the common thread with him as Malik Mega is that the coaching staff has expressed a great deal of confidence in Tyler Warren to do the job if or when his number is called. And uh, I, I, it would seem that maybe just get a little bit more action, a few more targets down the stretch would, would be justified. But he, he also, you know, that's some freakish behavior from him. And we've seen freakish behavior from him. Uh, I mean, going back to high school, graduated from a quarterback to a tight end and making a real for for that type of transition that he made from high school he made that in record time it would seem because he looks like he's never not been a tight end right now but then you saw with the wildcat package early they want to get the ball into tyler warren's hands the best that they can but there are a whole bunch of weapons in this offense that that he just didn't really crack the top of that pecking order but you see what can happen in this game uh, when he does, when he is targeted. And you saw, you know, even, you know, the touchdown catch uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, this, this, he, he stepped up, and when he's been asked to make plays in, in, in game situations that matter, he's, he's doing it. So I think um, this whole little core, there's reason to be excited about them. And I'm sure we'll talk about Bayou a little bit more in this show too, but um, just ha- has a way these last couple weeks and going into the bowl game where the bowl game has helped transform expectations for guys too. I'm excited to see the transition from the end of the season next, you know, coming up this Saturday to the bowl game. Who else can get involved in this, this where you're going to, you're going to change your future outlook on them. Speaking of those guys who may have been forgotten early, um, one of the guys that you have always favored is Keziah Holmes. We saw him with a couple carries. He looked good, you know, it was three carries. It was perhaps garbage time late in the game. But I, I think he showed a little something. And especially with what we saw from the other running backs, maybe you're right. Maybe that last game, maybe the bowl game is an opportunity, even though it could be a redshirt year for him he's able to play these couple games. Might we see more of him? Well, I, I still believe, and I've believed from the beginning that he's the highest upside running back on this current roster right now. The way things are right now, he's got the most ex- exciting combination of skills in, in my eyes. Now, what he is or isn't doing in practice or whether he's been injured or what, what for whatever reason, the coaching staff hasn't put a lot of trust in him. You know, maybe, a, a, you know, showing and flashing a couple times against Rutgers will help plant that seed with, with the staff too. Uh, I wouldn't really go on the record as predicting he'll do something in a bowl game like Journey Brown did in the bowl game uh, in 2019. But the, he, he is one of those interesting names that if he do, if he were to get 10 or 12 carries in, in a bowl game situation, because, you know, what do we have to lose by, by giving it a shot? It w- honestly wouldn't surprise me one bit if he turns 12 carries and 80 yards and a touchdown. And now all of a sudden you're thinking about that at the start of next year. And at the running back position, you said something about we don't know what he was doing or not doing, but 
the running back room was so full, they had to narrow it down somehow. And you had Noah Kane was the veteran. I believe James um, Franklin will be so loyal to his veterans, you had to feel Noah Kane would get some run. I think from last year's experience, Kevon Lee, probably of those two, last year's in-game performance was probably the tiebreaker. You ha- you saw a little bit more from Kevon Lee. You know, you had John Lovett coming in as the transfer. Not that you have to play him, but I think there was a sense that he had shown stuff enough at Baylor that you needed to put him on the field. That's what he came here for, and he was a senior. You wanted to give him the chance, and it may have been just Keziah Holmes was a little bit lost in the shuffle. I, I don't think, yeah, I think the the deck was not in his favor uh, on this one, um, for all those reasons. You know, Kevon Lee, he got the first opportunities last year, presumably for a reason in practice, and Keziah Holmes clearly hasn't done enough to to overtake that. Uh, Noah Kane, to your point veteran guy they've trusted him in big situations big moments they've they've leaned on him they love what he brings to the table so clearly he's going to be uh, the biggest factor there john lovett you are bringing him in you're not to not to sit the bench but to, to be a real factor too and so you are staying true to your word on that one devin ford you know he's a former a guy who used to be a five-star uh prospect you know like it, it, it's not uh it's no shame for Gazai holmes to, to be fifth on that totem pole but once you start the year fifth on that totem pole I think there were a number of positions where maybe they've been a little slow to react to the information they are gathering in practice, and it just didn't look like he ever really got much of a consideration. Again, he might fumble a lot in practice. He might be inconsistent. He might show up late. I, I don't I don't know what the situation is behind the scenes, so there's a, a pretty big piece that we don't know. But when the ball is in his hands, you know, there's some electricity to his running style, and I think he and the Penn State offense could benefit by allowing him to do that more often. And I believe that one of James Franklin's weaknesses is once he has a plan, he wants to stick with that plan. And he's not real quick to change courses. And it's uh, sometimes it's a positive, that loyalty to your veterans. Other times may not work out so well. But speaking of veterans, let's one last comment on Sean Clifford. And I, I mentioned this a week ago. He may not be the best quarterback in the country, but he might be the toughest. This was a guy getting an IV right before the game. He was he was obviously not physically ready to play, but was still going out there giving it his best. And when he's not 100%, though, his best isn't very good, and that's what we saw. Yeah, and and there's no shame in that either. You know, I th- I think he he's working on some thin margins as far as like what his body is capable of doing in the first place. Like I don't think anybody would confuse him with the the highest ceiling big arm quarterback in the world. But he's a pretty good player. He's a gamer, and I think he's definitely this season really reestablished his legacy at Penn State of being a really tough, really wet, ready to to step in and do whatever it takes to help his team. And there were some times, you know, I, I think he didn't help his team so much against Illinois. Uh, in this game, to not take any reps uh, pregame, to be in the back getting IVs, or, uh, you know, he looked like he was a, a quarterback 
who was hurting and or feeling 50% of himself, but still out there giving it a go with zero warmups at all. That's exactly the player that we saw on film and good, good on the Penn state staff for making that adjustment when they did, you know, the defense bought them all the time in the world. They could have made the switch to Christian Bayou with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. And it would still be a shutout for the Penn state defense. Uh, Jordan stout helping to, to facilitate that and buy and buy time by winning the field position battle. So they were complimentary to give them a chance to work through this, but you know, all the way up through game time, all through the week, all, all on Friday, there were no tried and true proven solutions to their quarterback situation. And they didn't know it probably until Sean Clifford went in the huddle, went out for the first time. So just a difficult situation, but it looks like by the way, late in the week that they were installing some packages for Christian Bayou in this game, uh, assuming that maybe Clifford couldn't go all 60 minutes. You know, they had to be ready for anything. And I'm really glad that you mentioned Jordan Stout. He has meant so much to this team, and perhaps in no game more than this one where he just kept dropping the ball in, inside the 10-yard line. It, what a fantastic job by him. Next quarter, I promise, we're going to talk about that defense. Stick around for that. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a Turkey Day no-brainer. New customers can bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code KSN. That's code KSN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. In partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light want to remind you that fall is the best season. Why? Because of football. Leaves. Fantasy football. Flannel. Beards. Tailgating. Oh yeah, and more football. Welcome to the best season ever. Grab some Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Because it's time to get undomesticated. Beer. Labatt USA. Buffalo, New York. Always enjoy responsibly. 